Nicholas Scutari is the, the longtime chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. He was reelected to a sixth term in the New Jersey Senate last month. And in January, he is slated to become the Senate president. That is the second most powerful person in state government. Senator, how are you? I'm great. How are you, David? I'm doing well, Senator. And you had an unexpected, life-altering experience last month. Steve Sweeney lost re-election. Nobody saw this coming. Now you're going to be the Senate president. Has this new reality set in for you yet? Uh, Still working on it. But as you said, it was a really bad night on Tuesday. Uh, I've personally been able to turn it into a positive, but uh, Steve Sweeney was a longtime Senate president, excellent legislator, and, and no one saw that coming. And I feel terrible about that, but we're we're moving forward. And and I I think back as to your own political history. You were you were you know I, I've been watching your 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 career for for a long time. You you came to the Senate in two thousand three through through unexpected circumstances. A Democratic senator dropped out late. I mean, is this this just becoming quite a ride for Nick Scatari, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it seems as though history repeats itself sometimes and not quite the exact same circumstances. But I, I've learned in politics and in life, you know, I, you don't, you can't really plan for things, but you can position yourself. You can work hard in the titles that you have. Be happy where you're at. Be loyal to your friends uh, and make sure your word is good. Try to do a good job and things will come to you. And this is the first time, Senator, that that. The upper house is going to have a new president in 12 years. And, and it took Democrats a relatively short amount of time, just a couple of days to decide that you were the guy they wanted. How did you get that done? Uh, well, that's a, that's a long story for a longer show. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think I hope that it's a reflection on my career, my relationships with the other senators, um, you know, providing uh, a good work product for what you've done in the legislature during the time you've been there and keeping your word, quite frankly, and making sure that people can trust you uh, with the stewardship of a very important job, which is the presidency of the New Jersey State Senate. And I'm speaking with uh, New Jersey Senator Nicholas Katari. Senator, as I said, I've been watching your career for a long time now, back to when you were a, a Union County freeholder. It, it, you don't come across, at least to me, as a controversial person by nature. And and you seem to have led uh, by building a consensus. Is that how you're going to run the Senate? Uh, that's certainly the way I hope to approach it. I guess people ask me how I'm going to do it. I think that the only idea how that's going to happen is the history of the way I've conducted myself in the legislature, the way I've run the Senate Judiciary Committee. I try to be bipartisan and professional in nature. I think that that the Senate is known for that. Uh, I'd like to continue that decorum moving forward, uh, but never abandoning our principles about what we'd like to accomplish. But we certainly, I think that trend, uh, I've always said this, is a lot more functional than Washington. I think that there's a lot more that brings us together than separates us. And there's room for common ground. And when there's not, we'll take strong positions and move forward. And I hear from Republican, Republican senators that have served with you, you know, whether they've served with you for four years or whether they've served for you for served with you for a dozen years, uh, they they find you fair. They say you're no pushover, but they they find you a, a, to be a decent guy to deal with. Is is that bipartisanship an important part of this job? Uh, I think that it is. I'm, I'm honored to have those remarks associated with my name and my career. Uh, None and, of them on the record, by the way, Senator. What's that? None of them on the record, by the way, Senator. They will privately tell me you're a good guy. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> 
uh, that doesn't mean we can't work together publicly and privately to get the best things done for New Jersey. And I think that's what people expect. They want us to get things done that accurate, accurately reflect what they would like to have done. And that, that, that I hope, is going to be the tenor of, of the cornerstone of a new beginning in the Senate. And something that I, I hear from many Democratic senators uh, uh, since Election Day is that, and these are members of your caucus, that that they want New Jersey to be governed more from the center, not not necessarily from the left, as, as some think it, it has been for the last few years. Do you, do you agree with that? Is that fair? Well, I, I wouldn't kind of put it in exact that terminology, but I do think that there are certain basic needs that we need to provide for for the, the residents of New Jersey and the taxpayers in New Jersey. And I think that that, that, that is, a, I guess you might call those center-type things, but affordability. I think the affordability of the state to, to live in this state and provide excellent government services at the same time are two of the cornerstones of having a very good government, right? I mean, people want to be able to afford here. They want to be able to raise their family here, and they want government to serve them and function well. So if that's the center, I think that's a good place to start. That doesn't mean we can't do things that we believe are right and not necessarily believe are always the most popular. I mean, I did that with the legalization of marijuana when I started that process. I don't think it was the most popular idea, but I always felt it was right, and then the world caught up to it. And I'm speaking with the next president of the New Jersey Senate, Nicholas Scutari. Senator, how how are you going to balance the preferences of your caucus with requests that are going to come from Phil Murphy, who is, is term limited and may never see his name on a ballot again? Well, where we can have common ground, we'll certainly work together with the administration. And where we don't believe that there's uh, something that we can agree to, we'll certainly voice that concern. The Senate's always had a very strong role to play under Senator Sweeney and even before that with Senator Cody. Uh, and I don't imagine that's going to change uh, a hopeful under my hopeful leadership. And I want to get ahead of myself for January 11th. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll be a strong voice and a strong partnership when it comes to uh, the economy of the state, when it comes to appointments in the state, when it comes to issues of the day. Um, and I think there is common ground with the administration, as well as there are uh, in, in lots of different geographic areas and, and democratic areas of the state. And you have, a, you have a decent relationship with Governor Murphy. It has not been as contentious as, as some other, other Democrats, uh, Democratic legislative leaders have seen over the last couple of years. I think that's fair to say. I, uh, I think he's a, a great guy, and he's done an, uh, an outstanding job with regard to pandemic response. Not an easy job. There's no playbook on what to do there. Not everything I would have done, um, but uh, you know, we, we've come. We're coming out of it. The economy's is strengthening, and I, we don't want to go backwards. We want to move forwards, but we also want to make sure we play a role because we have constituencies to report to ourselves. We're on the ground. Uh, the legislative leaders. The legislators themselves are on the ground with their constituents. They're the frontline workers, and they've been that during this last pandemic and probably going forward. What would, what would you say your, your biggest difference with the governor on, on pandemic response was? You know, I, I don't know if I can pin down any one particular area because I want to play Monday morning quarterback. I mean, I'm never a fan of immunity uh, for anything, and I know that there was a an argument to, to give immunities for people coming from out of state to help with the pandemic. Maybe I'd... That was an area that we had some long talks about. But, uh, you know, there, I, the one thing I think people want, and, and I'll say this last when we started this pandemic response and today, is they want uniformity and they want fundamental fairness, right? I mean, that's the way people feel 
you know, in one in one part of the, you can go in without a mask. Someplace you can go with a mask. In one place they have a, a vaccine mandate or a testing mandate. In some place they don't, and they don't see the uniformity. And and it's difficult. I mean, we've got nine million people here. We've got lots of different opinions. But governing in a uniform fashion uh, is important to people, I believe, and that makes them feel like they're treated fairly and not any different than anyone else. And I think that that's something that we've got to continue to strive for. It's not perfect, but we're trying to get there. And I'm talking to Nick Scatari, who will be the president of the New Jersey Senate in January. Senator, I want to ask about some some tough issues that the state's facing. Uh, Speaker Craig Coughlin announced this week that he'd back Governor Murphy's gun safety package. Uh, where where will you be on that package of bills? Well, I can't say it in terms of the whole package. I've studied them all, but I will tell you as a general response that New Jersey's already got some of the strongest gun laws in the country, and we do a very good job with gun safety. There, there are certain things we're never going to be able to get control of if we don't stop manufacturing guns in this country. And I think what we need to talk about is the illegal guns, the illegal gun trafficking. I think the responsible gun owners in the state that are guaranteed that right through the Constitution are not going to give away those rights easily. Um, sure, we can do certain restrictions, responsible ones. I sponsored some measures that way, and I think there's some that the governor's proposed that, I, that we're going to be supportive of. But I don't think the whole package is going to fly in the Senate. And I can tell you because responsible gun owners aren't, aren't necessarily the ones that are uh, committing these horrific crimes uh, and so we don't want to overburden them although I believe they should have strong restrictions and the ability to purchase weapons and, and have weapons um, but on the other hand we've got to get to the root of the problem which is the illegal gun trafficking and the illegality and, and that gets to mental health quite frankly a lot of this stuff stems in mental health and the speaker and I have already chatted about mental health in New Jersey being one of the paramount issues of the day and working together uh, in that in the next year. So what about the Reproductive Freedom Act? I mean, to me, it doesn't look like it's going to pestering lame duck. So I, I guess this, this is all going to fall on, on you and, and probably early in your, your tenure as the Senate president. Uh, do you have the votes to pass this bill? I'm not certain of that. I'm not running the caucus yet. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure where the leadership's going to be on that in the next 38 days. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll tackle that uh, if, it, if it comes up in, in, after January 11. If it doesn't, then I'll, I'll, I'll vote accordingly, in, in, in according to my beliefs. I mean, there, I, I am not in any way embarrassed or ashamed to say that I'm completely uh, pro-choice. That's not to say that I endorse every aspect of that bill yet, because I haven't studied it in detail. I will if we believe we're going to move it or a version of it that may be scaled down. But I think that's still something that's got to be decided. Uh, and uh, I, I think people, and particularly women, should have a right to choose. On the other hand, uh, how how much of a right do they have? Uh, I think is part of what people are, are are discussing. And Senator, what about codifying Roe v. Wade? Do you think at the very least the legislature will will get that part of it done, and then and then maybe maybe move on to to other aspects of that bill down the road? Well, I think that you probably got one shot at this. Probably. So I think we better get it right. Uh, I think New Jersey is a strong pro-choice state. I mean, not with everyone, for sure. I certainly am. Um, But, uh, you know, just the simple codification of Roe v. Wade, it's not as easy as it sounds. There's different case law in New Jersey that's born out of that. Uh, And, um, you know, there may be other things that we can do to assist in, in, in women's health. But on the other hand, you don't want to go so far afield that you uh, you don't recognize other people's opinions on this strongly divided issue. I can't believe we're still talking about it after all these years, quite frankly, but it sounds as though we're going to be dealing with it soon. And 
you know, wh- whether it's done before January 11th or uh, we deal with it after a new administrations in there, uh, we'll act accordingly. And I'm speaking with Nick Scatari. He is going to be the Senate president in uh, in January. And, and uh, you you have been uh, you're, you're succeeding the longest serving Senate president in New Jersey history. But I, I think you might be the longest serving judiciary chair in New Jersey history. And, and Governor Murphy's going to make uh, three or, or four nominations to the New Jersey Supreme Court during the second term. And I guess that depends on uh, Four, if, you know, three, if, if he can get his current nominee, Rachel Weiner, after confirmed before the end of the session. But what are you going to tell the governor as he builds his short list of Supreme Court nominees? Well, I, I told him this and I'll tell him that I'll continue to tell him that we, we'd like to see people on the court that have experience uh, in society, uh, not just the highest thinking individuals and that's very very important and also to have it reflect what new jersey looks like that's important as well but also reflect what lawyers do for people on a regular basis um because they're the ones that are 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 carrying out the edicts of the supreme court and so having at least a voice on the court that has an idea of what a lawyer does day to day to service their clients the main street lawyers i think that's an under uh, overlooked area that I think needs to be represented because as these justices retire, there will be no longer a, uh, a representation of what the ordinary main street lawyer does every day. The people that try to get people, uh, you know, represent them in lower level criminal matters, the people that do their house closings, the people that do their, their injuries when they're hurt at work or they're hurt in a car accident, or they're hurt on a job site. Uh, those types of lawyers, not saying that's what we're going to put on, but somebody that has some level of experience of what people deal with, because we want to make sure that common folk, regular folk, and only these are common, uh, have a seat at that table. And I guess I think it's February 15th. Uh, uh, Justice uh, Fernandez Vina reaches the mandatory retirement age of, of 70. So, and he is, he is a Republican. Do do you support maintaining a partisan balance on the court? I do. I do. I, I do. And I think there's excellent uh, jurists, potential jurists in New Jersey on both sides of the aisle, Democrat and Republican. Uh, I think, you know, although New Jersey is uh, primarily a Democratic state, I will say that it's it's not all one way. Uh, there's plenty of Republicans and there's plenty of outstanding uh uh, potential jurists on both sides of the aisle. And I think that balance has served us well. New Jersey's got an excellent reputation. Its judiciary is held out as an excellent uh, model across states. You know, New Jersey is one of the few states that we don't elect our judges. The judges go through the uh, nomination and confirmation process. And I think that's the way to do it. Not that many other states do. And I think that's a reflection of how well our judiciary, on the whole, comports itself and, and renders common sense rulings. And I want to try, try, Senator, get one one last question in before we run out of time, which is, you, you, as you indicated before, you spent about twenty years building support for the legalization of marijuana in New Jersey. I think you were you were the very first to really, uh, you know, to aggressively come at that issue. Now you're going to be in charge of the Senate. What comes next? Uh, well, you know, I can't speak to what exactly comes next, other than you know, I have a constituency that's more concentrated than than nine million folks in New Jersey. But I have a constituency of 24 members of the Senate Democratic Caucus and 16 members of the Republican Caucus. And formulating the direction we go is going to be a collaborative effort, not just what Nick Scutari says, but what the members say, because they're the ones that report to their uh, constituents directly. And, and, and listening to them 
and formulating the, the direction in which New Jersey goes, I think is a very important part of the process. So I don't want to get too far ahead about the things we need to do. I think affordability, people's rights in this country, in this state, functionality of government, you know, protecting people from insurance companies and big business. I've always been an advocate for those types of overarching issues, I think, are of paramount importance. But, you know, specifics are still to be rolled out. Well, since. Senator Nick Scutari, I mean, thank you so much for coming on, and, and I wish you the very best of luck as you, you take on this, this incredibly challenging uh, new opportunity in your life. Thank you, David. You're always an outstanding interviewer. I wish you the best, and uh, we're looking forward and excited to, to move forward. Thank you, Senator, and I will be right back.